0: देह शिवा परमो हैं शुभ करुण ते कब
1: Celebrating Vijay Divas, celebrating Golden Jubilee of Bangladesh Liberation. We present the final episode of Heroic Tales of Bangladesh Mukti Sangram, Birth of a Nation. Episode 9 Surrender at Dhaka. Concept Retired Major General Nitin Gargari, writer. Retired Major General Nitin Gadkari. Special guest, Lieutenant General Shami Mehta and Wing Commander Krishnamurti. Voices, Sagar Naik, Sheetal Joshi, and Retired Major General Nitin Gadkari. Music, Amit Patil. Recording assistants, Abhijit Darvi. Studio and Publishing Chankar Studios, Pune Now, let's listen to the final and ninth episode Surrender at Dhaka The Pakistani Eastern Command agrees to surrender all Pakistani armed forces in Bangladesh to Lieutenant General Jagjit Singh Arora General Officer Commanding-in-Chief of the Indian and Bangladesh Forces in Eastern Theatre The surrender includes all Pakistani land, air and naval forces as also all paramilitary forces and civil armed forces. The forces will lay down their arms and surrender at the places where they are currently located to the nearest regular troops under the command of Lieutenant General Jagjit Singh Arora. The just mentioned text is the first paragraph from the Instrument of Surrender signed by General Niazi in the presence of Lieutenant-General Jagjit Singh Arora on 16th December 1971. Thus, 30,000 Pakistani soldiers surrendered to 3,000 Indian soldiers on 16th December 1971. A story that is still untold in public discourse in India. Imagine the might of the Indian Army, where one soldier proved to be equal to 10 Pakistani soldiers. Such is the power of the story of Indian victory in the 1971 war, which shaped the destiny of three nations. It reduced Pakistan into a single entity, made India the champion of humanitarian intervention, and last but not the least, gave birth to a new nation, Bangladesh. The thrust from the Northern Axis, led by 101 Communication Zone, and the east and southeast by four corps finally bore fruit. General Niazi decided to surrender, but not before enough drama had ensued in Rawalpindi and Eastern Command Headquarters at Calcutta. By 9th December, the stress of war had begun to tell on the military and civil leadership in East Pakistan. In a ploy to further demoralize the Pakistanis, General Sam Manikshaw was publicly announcing the offer to surrender to the Pakistani forces in East Pakistan and dropping leaflets from the air to that effect. General Niazi was aware of the deteriorating situation, as was Dr. A.M. Malik, the governor of East Pakistan. All promises by the power to be in Ravarpindi. Of Chinese help coming to the doorsteps, the 7th Fleet intervening and removing the blockade in the Bay of Bengal had vanished in thin air. Exasperated, on the night of the 13th-14th December 71, General Niazi sent this message to Chief of the Pakistani Army General, Hamid. janab Yaya Khan Sahab se ki jald se jald jangbandi ka ज्यादा देर तकटिक नहीं सकते हैं मुامला यहां पर कुछ नहीं रहा जो कहते हैं خदा के वास् से मान लो नहीं तो कल शाम तक यह तत लेम हो जाएगा इन रिप्लाई जनरल यायाखानद चीफ मार्शल लो आडमिनिस्ट्रेर ऑफ पाकिस्तान सेंटदि मैसेज बैकट जनरल नियाजी नजी साहब आप इंसानी काबलियत के बाहर है और न ही वो किसी फायदेमंद मुकाम पर पहुंच सकती है। ये और इंसानी जिंदगी तबाह करेगी। ऐसे हालात में आप वो कदम उठाएं जिससे कि जंग और आगे ना बढ़ने पाए। On fourteen December, the governor arranged a meeting to discuss the future course of action and the possibility to accept a surrender. The meeting was being held in the old government house. The Indian Air Force, under the orders of Eastern Command Headquarters in Calcutta, bombed the very building where the meeting was being held. That effectively seized any resistance the senior hierarchy would have had for surrender. So terrified was the governor after the bombing, that he resigned from his post then and there. It is said that Pakistani rule effectively ended in East Pakistan on the 14th December, 1971.
2: While behind the scenes in Rawalpindi and Dhaka, they were trying for a ceasefire. The major stumbling block was the Indians were not keen to have a UN sponsored ceasefire. Both General Monik Shah and Headquarter Eastern Command thought they were better positioned to extract an unconditional surrender out of the Pakistanis. Let us return to action which we left in Tangail after the successful para drop of 2 para. On the road to Tangail Mirpur, Dhaka, 2 para led the advance to Dhaka via Mirpur. A Dhaka suburb, which housed a vital bridge on the Buri Ganga River. Two para encountered fierce resistance at Mirpur from the Pakistani forces, but the resolute paratroopers were in no mood to concede and, with a few casualties, captured the bridge on 15 December 1971. The capture left the doors to Dhaka open as there was. No Pakistani opposition till the outskirts of Dhaka. Taking advantage of the situation, the 101 Communication Zone Force Commander, General Nagra, decided to send an offer of surrender to General Niazi. Taking this message was none other than Adjutant 2 Para Captain Nirbhay Sharma and the ADC of General Nagra. The message read, my dear Abdullah, I'm here. The game is up. I suggest you give yourself up and I'll take care of you. The friendly tone was because Jal Niazi and Jal Nagra knew each other and were on a first name basis since General Nagra's tenure as a military attache in Pakistan. After a dramatic scene at Mirpur where there was an exchange of fire and none knew who was firing. An emissary took the message to Dhaka. Shortly after that, General Nagra and Leftnil Colonel Pannu, CO2 para, were escorted to General Niazi's headquarters, who was sitting distraught in his office, unshaven and shaken. And that's when he uttered the famous words,
1: on 16 December
2: 1971, around 10 am, 2 Para was the first battalion to enter Dhaka. Around the same time, 4 guards from 311 Infantry Brigade, which was part of the leap across Meghna, had crossed the Lakhya and the Balu rivers and had no water obstacles between them and Dhaka. They were facing their old foes of Akura, the Pakistani 12 Frontier Force Battalion. The other Indian brigades were fast closing
1: in. The chief architect of the actual surrender was Major General Jacob, the Chief of Staff of Eastern Command. He was in touch with General Manikshaw throughout on the situation. He reported the Pakistani communication which Niazi had initiated for the US consulate asking them to negotiate a surrender on 14th December 1971. Manikshaw had publicly announced an offer of surrender but responded explicitly to this news by sending a message.
2: General Niazi, you have indicated your desire to stop fighting. So I offer you a surrender. You must surrender by 0900 hours on 16 December and ask all Pakistani army units to cease fire and stop fighting and surrender to my advancing forces. If you fail to do so after 0 900 hours on 16 December, I will be compelled to launch the full fury of the Indian Army's offensive.
1: This message was broadcast on All India Radio, Calcutta, every half hour. The news was received and acknowledged by General Niazi. He invited General Jacob, the Chief of Staff Eastern Command, General Manikshaw's emissary, to negotiate a surrender and have lunch with him in Dhaka. In a daring act, General Jacob flew to Dhaka via Jessore. At Jessore. He was escorted by a Pakistani helicopter up to Dhaka. He landed in Dhaka with his Colonel Intelligence, Colonel Khara and Air Force Commander for Advanced Tactical Headquarters, Air Commodore Purshottam. amidst heavy tension and a fleet of Pakistani Sabre Jets, he was received by the Pakistani Chief of Staff of the Eastern Command, Brigadier Bakar Siddiqui. The meeting between General Jacob and General Niazi is now well documented and has achieved legendary status. General Jacob had carried an instrument of surrender, a document which was quite different from the one submitted by the Pakistanis to the Americans. This document was an instrument of complete and unconditional surrender. There were loud objections from the Pakistani contingent which was with General Niyazi. But General Jacob was unmoved and demanded an unconditional surrender. He left the conference room, stating that he would leave them for half an hour to decide and then come back to hear their verdict. The future of a nation was at the cusp of a historic decision. As General Jacob describes in his book Surrender at Dhaka, that half-hour was the longest and he was not sure what decision would General would take. A refusal to accept the terms would have meant a long-drawn fight for Dhaka, which would mean losing many more human lives. He knew Niazi had 30,000 troops inside Dhaka and India had only 3,000 outside. Also, breeding down was the prospect of a UN driven ceasefire, which would have put at risk the birth of a new nation, Bangladesh. When he returned to the office of General Niazi, there was pin drop silence. There were tears in the eyes of General Niazi. General Jacob asked twice if the conditions of surrender were acceptable and both times he got no reply. He then picked up the surrender document and announced, Your silence indicates your acceptance. And thus, the famous Jacob Squeeze tactics came into force. The surrender ceremony was organized at the historic racecourse in Dhaka. It was the first public surrender of its kind. Jacob got Niazi to accept all his conditions. Meanwhile, Lt. Gen. Arora, the Army Commander based on an earlier message and acceptable timetable, had flown down to Agartala from Kolkata. It was in a bid to carry his commanders for the surrender ceremony. He brought along with him Gen. Sahat Singh, G.O.C. 4 Corps, Air Marshal Divan, Air Officer Commanding Eastern Air Command Admiral Krishnan, Flag Officer Commanding Eastern Naval Command, Group Captain Khondekar, Chief of Staff Mukti Bahini and Ashok Ray of the Indian External Affairs Ministry and several press representatives flew in 10 helicopters, 5 MI4s and 5 Alwats from Agartala to Dhaka. The said flight is described by Wing Commander Krishnamurti, the hero of our last episode Leap Across Meghna.
0: The entire 110 helicopter unit, whoever possible, whoever. Luckily, for me, I was in the cockpit, so it was all right. But we didn't carry any big VIPs. Please remember between the Chetak helicopter and the MU4 helicopter, the VIPs preferred Chetak helicopter because it has got seat covers, because it has got headsets, headsets because it has got visibility outside. In this helicopter, it is like sitting in a barrel. It is like sitting in a kind of a cattle shed. So no one wants to go. It is said that is why they said you take the troops. So we went. We had the whole lot of journalists who had arrived at Agartala. We had foreign journalists. We had Indian journalists of Bengali, Hindi, English, name the languages. They said sir, can we come? He said you come. Coming back we are not assuring you. Going, we assure you, if you can come back to the helicopter in time, we will bring you back. Otherwise, you spend the night in or n- nights in Dhaka. So please understand, this is how the entire squadron landed up at Dhaka. The entourage was received
2: at the airport by General Jacob and General Niazi. Then they moved to the race course. General Aurora was given a guard of honor by two contingents. One Indian and one Pakistani. The Indian contingent was led by Lieutenant Colonel Pannu of two paras, and the other contingent was made up of troops available to the Pakistani commanded by General Niazi's ADC. The formal surrender took place thereafter when the two army commanders signed the instrument of surrender and then. General Niazi removed his lanyard and handed over his personal weapon to General Aurora. Thus, the historic surrender at Dhaka was completed amidst jubilation in the Bangla population, which had thronged the racecourse at Dhaka. There were slogans which were reverberating in the air. The Indian Prime Minister, Mrs. Indira Gandhi, made this statement in the parliament after the surrender was complete. Thaka is now
1: the free capital of a free country. The instrument of free
2: As the world saw later, the iconic photograph of the surrender ceremony which has become synonymous with the surrender at Dhaka, there is a young flight lieutenant besides General Jacob in the photograph. He is none else than Wing Commander Krishnamurthy, the hero we spoke of.
0: He was part of the surrender ceremony. Now you will ask me how did you get inside? Please remember that photograph if you see the shoulder apart from my one single stripe of flying officer there will be one more stripe that is my camera strap. I had a camera, I had a flash and I had two rolls of picture. I was trying to take as many pictures as possible but on the surrender day the 16th of December 1971 please remember it is the eastern sector East Pakistan was already ahead of us by half an hour in the standard time plus it was winter the sun was setting and when my flash didn't cooperate with me I stopped the picture stopped taking picture from the front I said let me go and see what is in those documents they are going to sign that is how I went behind the table the
2: surrender was not Without trouble, Mukti Bahini, under their fearsome leader Tiger Siddiqui, wanted to avenge the atrocities and kill General Niazi even before the surrender. But some deft and courageous handling by General Jacob first and then by General Sagat Singh, an ugly situation was averted and the ceremony could come to a successful end. While surrender at Dhaka was both symbolic and end of resistance and a signal of the end of the war, the actual surrender across complete Bangladesh took some time and each garrison surrendered to the local formations in their good time. The surrender was completed by 20th December 1971. The Indian Army's biggest challenge at that time was to save the Pakistani forces from the revenge and retribution desires of the Mukti Bahini and the Bangla population. The Indian Army was exemplary in its handling of this situation.
1: What makes Surrender at Dhaka such a fascinating and legendary tale? There were many firsts. It was the most significant victory ever for a single force, an armed force of a single nation. India achieved what no country in the annals of modern warfare had achieved. A complete victory with surrendered prisoners totaling almost 93,000. Each of them was treated as per the Geneva Convention. Successful repatriation of each one of them back to their own country once the Shimla Accord was signed. Fighting a just war for a humanitarian cause, liberating a race and handing over a new nation to its people. Exemplary behaviour of a non-occupational force and resolve of a nation to keep its promises. The above has very aptly been summarized by Lieutenant-General Shami Mehta in his interaction with us.
2: My last question to you is, the victory in Bangladesh was the finest hour for the Indian Armed Forces. Uh, would you like to give a message to our listeners on the occasion of Vijay Deer's, which is coming on, on the coming 16th of December? Is there a message from a war veteran to the younger generation today?
3: Yeah, I think it's an appropriate time uh, to try and give a message. You know, every message doesn't get uh, transmitted. I would say when you look at uh, the war or the liberation or the humanitarian intervention in 1971, the whole of India operated like a team. There was army, there was navy, there was air force. There were Coast Guard, there were BSF, there were CRPF, there was a political class, there was a bureaucratic class, there was a foreign service class. Everybody operated like a team. And therefore the message that I carry forward when I reflect back is, and I think there is a tourism slogan now of incredible India. I would say incredible India is invincible India whenever we operated as team India. But I think there were some lessons at the strategic level which a younger generation need to at least register, they are the humanitarian intervention for the liberation of Bangladesh. brings out four strategic lessons which I talk about wherever I go and speak. They are, it was a victory of democracy over military rule. Democracy wins because the people, the talent of the armed forces and the political will operate in sync. It does not happen in military rule. So, A lesson that should go across through our country and across the world is that it was a victory of democracy over military rule. The second lesson which is equally important, it was a victory of humanism over barbarism. The barbarism inflicted by the Pakistan army in the form of genocide against their own can only be matched by the humanism of our soldiers who went and came back and destroyed those the element that is creating the genocide. So that's the second strategic lesson. The third, which I would say is, it was a victory of maneuver over attrition. 30,000 Pakistanis in Dhaka surrendered to 3,000 of us who were in and around Tangail, Dhaka, Lakhya river and all that. That's a 10 is to 1 ratio. And then an entrenched 30,000 who had orders not to leave Dhaka unprotected, finally encapsulated, so it was a victory of manoeuvre over attrition. And manoeuvre is not necessarily how the tanks move, how the infantry move, or how the guns move. Manoeuvre is when you are in a position to do a manoeuvre, which Tagat did, of attacking the enemy's mind. The fact that we crossed the Meghna, the turning point, resulted in the victory of manoeuvre over attrition. And last but not the least is, it was a victory of liberation over occupation. We went to liberate them. In 90 days, when our job was over, we were back. There was no bargaining that I have done this for you, you do that for it. So I think in strategic level, although these did not cross my mind when I was a young 27-year-old commanding a squadron, but as I reflect, I think this is a message that your medium or any other medium should be able to put across. Because we must know also how to celebrate victory. Many of us remember the debacle against the Chinese in 1962 and it's a debacle we should never forget. But it is a victory of 71 which we must exploit in relation to what we could do at a time when the whole world was not willing to listen to what was happening in Bangladesh. I would, through your medium, I think it will probably be the, the best message to in me particular.
2: Thank you sir. It was such a pleasure having you on our uh, little podcast here. Thank, Thank
3: you, it equally my pleasure.
2: Thank you from Dancaa Thank you. Thank you, sir.
1: With this, we come to the end of the most historical war that the Indian Armed Forces ever fought. Not for their own country, but for a foreign country. A war that was thrust upon them. The bravery of our soldiers and the solid support lent to them by the entire nation stands as a testimony of times that seem hard to find today. One cannot but pay tribute to the political leadership of the country under Mrs. Indira Gandhi, who was resolute in her political aims and spelt it out clearly to the military leadership, which allowed them to fight a successful war. It was a tribute to her leadership, which encouraged the leader of the opposition of that time, Sri Atal Bihari Vajpayee, to name her Durga, the powerful Indian Goddess. The 1971 war was a glorious chapter in the annals of our military and political history. It is essential that we discover what greatness we have achieved and what costs were paid to achieve it. Why we could achieve it, is aptly stated by Lieutenant General Shami Mehta.
3: I would say, incredible India is invincible India, whenever we operated as Team
0: India.
1: this brings to end our series of episodes the war stories of the 1971 war the heroic stories of our men and officers and the times that we lived in it was a pleasure for us to bring this to you and i hope you all enjoyed listening as much as we enjoyed narrating them to you. Heroic Tales of Mukti Sangram. The birth of a nation was India's finest hour. This was a Jankar Studio Presentation.